It's Friday night. It's six o'clock. It's time for happy hour, the happiest hour of maybe two hours of comedy on the radio and in the mission. We have an actual audience tonight. Hey, audience, clap it up for yourselves. There's like actual people in the building, people with souls, not just coming. We have a bunch of new comics too, a bunch of um, a bunch of all ages type people. I'm guessing like you're 17, 18. All right, all right, fair enough. I was close, uh, but that's exciting. So, uh, hey, that's cool. So everybody bring it. There's a real audience here tonight. Cool shit. I know everybody get freaked out at Mutiny Radio. Oh no, there's actual people here. Uh, hey, it's four minute sets at three minutes. You'll hear the horn. That means uh, wrap it up. But take your full four minutes. You know we're all here for you. And uh, yeah, put your and we've we've got some people that are gonna go up for the first time. So that's exciting too. So woo. Um, but no stranger to the stage. Put your hands together for your first comedian. It's Denise Lee. Uh, so when I moved out to, so I'm not from California and when I moved out here, I learned about something called composting, which is cool. Uh, I was talking to one of my friends and she was like, Denise, like, do you ever compost? And I was like, no. And she was like, why not? And I was like, cause I finish all the food that I make. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, so I grew up in a pretty conservative town in Texas, and I went home recently, and uh, one of my high school classmates, I ran into her at the grocery store, and she was like, it's very disrespectful and sinful to Jesus to dress like that, because uh, I was wearing like a shirt like this, and I was like, I don't really understand, because Jesus is half naked like most of the time. You know, and I was like, honestly, this is kind of respectful to him, you know, like imitation is the highest form of flattery or something that they say. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm like, okay, I know this isn't like a carpenter's physique or anything, but like, I'm doing my best, okay? Uh, I did I did lose 15 pounds last year, and someone was like, whoa, what was like your secret? What was your diet? And I was like, depression, mostly, that's all it is. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because I feel like when I was younger, I was always like, wow, like, I just want to think about how I can live longer. And now I'm just like, how can I die sooner? You know, that's what I think about most days. Yeah, like, like when I was younger, I'd wake up every day and be like, what new adventures do I have today? And now every day I wake up and I'm like, what fresh hell awaits me? <laughs> Um, so living in San Francisco has made me pretty pessimistic, you know, and I know I'm more pessimistic now because I bring a sweater everywhere I go. Like when I see the sun outside, I'm like, that's going to go away soon, too. <laughs> I told I told one of my friends that I was depressed and she was like, at least you have a lot of hair. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, cool. I called I called my mom though and I was like I, I told her that I was feeling depressed. I was like, hey, like lately I've been feeling depressed and you know, for no real reason at all. And my mom was like, Oh, it's okay. If I were you, there would be a lot of reasons that I'm depressed too. Which 
I don't know if it was supposed to make me feel better, but I was like, well, so like, how do I feel better? How do I be less depressed? And she was like, oh, it's very easy. Just drink hot water and cover your stomach. That's all it is. That's all you need to do. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, I, I've been trying to make more friends in San Francisco, but I have a lot of social anxiety. Um, and, and it's hard because like whenever I'm having a conversation with someone, uh, all I'm thinking about the whole time is just how to not choke on my own spit. Uh, someone's like trying to talk and I'm just like, okay, breathe, swallow, breathe, swallow. And then inevitably I just forget how to swallow. And I'm like, I don't know what to do anymore. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, I recently went to a wedding for my friend and leading up to the wedding, like six weeks beforehand, I was like, all right, like I'm going to like get super in shape and I want to look my best. So this was six weeks beforehand and I immediately did nothing until two days beforehand. And I was like, shit, this is coming up. So yeah, so did my best to do what I could do to get ready for this wedding. I dehydrated myself for 48 hours. <laughs> and then I was like, all right, I'm ready to go. I don't really know where I was going with that one. Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> Denise Lee, everyone, keep clapping. Breathe, swallow, breathe, swallow. I don't know what kind of friendship you're talking about, but, but uh, that, that was a lot of fun. Uh, all right, so is your next comic. Uh, hey, he's going to bring it right now with all his energy and fun. Put your hands together for Jared Senna. Hey, how are we doing, Muni Radio? Thank you, people in the back. Um, I've been trying to lose weight recently for the past year. Last year, I asked someone how they did it. Uh, they told me depression. So... Uh, Seems to be working so far. I can fit into any crop top I want. <laughs> um, thank you, Pam. Um, um, uh, you know, Pam, you know it's a genuine laugh from Pam if you get her to laugh after she just smoked. Okay, uh, I'm from San Diego. I don't know if you guys know what it's like to live in San Diego, but it's hot as balls over there. I'm actually white. Just been barbecued Filipino. Um, and now, um, I was uh, popular in high school over there. Um, not because like I was attractive or was like I threw any parties. No, I was popular for the wrong reasons. I was popular because I was known as that kid that got hit by a car. Yeah, um, uh, I was on my way to smoke weed with a friend near a ditch. And as I was skateboarding across an intersection, I got hit by a car. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, my grandma always told me that one day I was gonna, uh, I was gonna die from smoking weed. I didn't think it was gonna involve a fucking car. Um, but yeah, um, you know, it was weird. I had to. I was in a full body cast and I was pushed around in a wheelchair. What's up, dude? How you doing? Good. Very good looking. Anyways, back to my story. Anyways, uh. Yeah, I was pushed around in a wheelchair, and I had a full body cast, so it was really hard to walk, but it was also really hard for me to find a prom date. I just went up to the hottest girl I saw and just guilt-tripped the shit out of them. Be like, oh, I only have three days to live because of the surgery. It would really suck if I died a virgin. 
Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, uh. Moved out here for San Francisco. It's a lot more. Uh, it's a lot better to express yourself here. There's a lot more gay people here. I'm an ally of the gays. I say that. I say that because I dated bisexual women. Uh, you're welcome. Uh. Uh, yeah, it was a real eye-opening experience for me. Um, uh, for me to date a couple bisexual women, for me and the people that I dated, real eye-opening experience overall. I learned to be more empathetic to what gay people go through, and the women I dated realized that they don't like men. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, for work, I work at the Punchline Comedy Club. Thank you, thank you. Not as a comic, I'm the dishwasher. Thank you. Because that's where my career in comedy is going. I don't perform at shows. I clean up after the actually funny performers are done doing their shows. Um, but you know what? I do feel proud of my work, even if I am just a dishwasher at the punchline, because by technicality, I'm the only comedian there that actually gets paid to be there. Um, it's a lot better than my last job. I actually got fired from my last job because uh, I got angry at a person I was working with. I just exploded and yelled at them. You know what? It finally felt good to stand up for myself. You know, am I right? Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, someone had to tell that 12-year-old that I was tutoring at the time to go fuck himself. <laughs> fuck children, all right? I feel like the minimum age to fight children should be 12 years old. All right? All right? Because at 12 years old, they're already fucking bigger than me. All right? Um, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm the one with the disability pass at that point. Like, like I'm small. If I was a car, like, I would be a Hot Wheel, you know? Like, 12-year-old like children were bullying me. So someone, like, took my backpack, held it up in the air, and made me jump for it. Oh, we're going to work on that. But anyways, hey, give it up for Pam, everybody! Jared Senna, everyone. That's where his comedy career is going down the drain. You should use that tag, honey. Because uh, he's a dishwasher. That's where his comedy career is going down the drain. Is it too obvious? Is it too low-hanging of fruit? Your next comedian, put your hands together, everybody, for Devondre Coleman. What's up? How y'all doing? Cool. I uh, I really want to lose weight, not for health reasons, simply for vanity. I like dating larger women, and when you're skinny and you date large women. It's like you're being adventurous. He's accomplishing something. But I'm getting a lot bigger now. Now it's just two big people out on a date. Looks like we both settled. Uh, yeah, I recently found out that I'm in between sizes. I have an in-between body. That means my body is currently in between sizes. Uh, yeah. It's okay though, because I'm getting used to it now when I go shopping for clothing. I ask if shirts come in extra mediums or slightly larger. We got my next joke. Oh, I, uh, I found this new diet on the internet. I like looking on the internet for diets. I recently found this new diet. It's called the Jurassic Diet. 
It's where you eat what you think the dinosaurs would eat if they were still around. I think the dinosaurs would have really enjoyed Oreos. I um, I have two sisters. They're both single mothers raising these really smart kids. It's cool to watch, and it gives me hope that one day I can grow up and have children and leave, and they'll still be all right. Oh, I use a <laughs> I use a public laundry mat, which means every week I come home with one strange sock. I have 18 socks on my couch. I'm actually afraid to sit on it because I don't want to contract the first case of athlete's body. Uh, yeah, I don't like that one. I like playing video games, but I don't like being called a gamer. I feel like that's our N-word. I actually think it's worse than being called the N-word because no one's ever called me a gamer as a term of endearment. <laughs> and they usually use the hard R. I, uh, I got invited to an orgy recently. Yeah. Sounds cool on paper. Because to be invited to an orgy, you have to look strange. To be invited to an orgy, strangers have to think you look like you attend orgies. That either means you fuck a lot or you're a creep. And I don't know if that's a compliment. But I'm going to find out on Saturday. <laughs> I, um, I like sex and I like surprises. I just don't like when they mix. I recently went on a date with this lady. It all went well, so I invited her back to my place. And when it, it was almost game time and she whispered to me, oh, shit, I probably should have told you. I was like, yeah, no matter what you say next, you should have told me. We should, I probably should have told you I might have herpes. I was like, might? Isn't that something you should definitely go get checked out? She said, oh, no, don't worry. Having herpes is kind of like being a Pokemon fan. It's more common than you think. <laughs> I was like, now is not the time for clever similes. <laughs> I... I didn't actually say that. I thought about it like three weeks later in the shower, like all good comebacks. <laughs> I have to go, but I do want to leave with this message. I think that we should make sure we do whatever we can to make sure that underrepresented voices are heard. If you live a comfortable life, you should do whatever you can to make sure that people who live in constant discomfort have a chance of rising up. But there's a wrong time to be doing that. I was watching porn recently, and the entire cast had on Black Lives Matter shirts. <laughs> like, yeah, usually they do, just not right now. <laughs> this is the first time I ever thought, you know what? They should just shut up and dribble. I've been Devontre Coleman. Give it up for your host. Yay! Devontre Coleman. Hey, crowd, clap it up for yourselves again just so the radio can hear how many fucking people are here today. It's so exciting. Uh, yay. I love it when people are here. That's really great. Uh, your next comedian, such a wonderful, helpful young man. He's part of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, and he's just so funny and great. Put your hands together for Josh Kotsky. <laughs> What is up, my gamers? Uh, I just got off the phone with a buddy of mine who's battling a, a horrific 
crippling addiction to pornography. Um, and we talked for a while, and uh, it sounded like he was beating it. So it's not going well for him. <laughs> All right. We're, we're going to do a short joke. Uh, two little people walk under a bar. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm specifically for you, bud. Uh, I just <laughs> I just got back from a vacation. Um, I like drinking on planes mostly because pilots are like the best designated drivers ever. You know, like they, they don't blast their shitty music. They don't make any sudden stops. They do get upset when you try to puke out the window, but you know, besides that, they're awesome. Uh, I got uh, I got super burnt. Um, so you can tell the like my back looks like when you're in kindergarten. Did you ever like put Elmo Elmer's glue like on your fingers and then peel? That's my entire back. I'm like a fucking lizard back there. It's disgusting. Uh, have you ever gone so badly burnt that you realize you have a weight problem? Uh, like I I got burnt and I I realized that there's like a patch right here that isn't burnt because my love handles acted as a beach umbrella for my lower half. <laughs> it's fucking disgusting. It's an issue. Um, I, no, I got really badly burnt. Uh, it was weird because like, I put on a lot of sunscreen, put on banana boat sunscreen, which is supposed to be good, still got horribly burnt. Went to the convenience store to get some aloe vera, also made by banana boat. The fuck is this shit? You cannot trust any company that actually makes more money from their first product failing. It's like if you went to get Plan B and you're like, who makes this? Pampers. That. They make diapers for the 18-year-olds. All right. Um, <laughs> so fucking dumb. I'll make that one work. Uh, we, uh, we went, I went to Maui. I uh, went ziplining uh, with my girlfriend, and they make you put an emergency contact down. So for her emergency contact, she put me the person most likely to be injured along with her. Uh, when you're putting your emergency contact down for anything, you should put the person you are least likely to be in a room with. For me, it's Matt Whitman. He's the guy who bullied me in middle school. It, if I ever get horrifically injured, he's gonna get a call like, yeah, Josh is, uh, Josh is injured. And he'll be like, Batsky, what the fuck is wrong with him? Well, he'll be like, I, I don't know, you need to get down here. He, he also left a note that if he dies, it's your fault, so. I need to figure out an end to that joke. We'll figure it out. Um, I, I don't watch the news anymore, really. I just watch my mom's Facebook profile to see if anything's bad's happening. So, um, I don't know. She took down her blue and yellow profile picture. I guess Ukraine won the war. I don't really know what's going on there. Um, no, she she's super anti-war. She has this thing she always says. She goes, uh, Josh, did you know that human beings are the only animals in the world that kill each other for any reason other than food. And to this day, I can't tell if she's anti-war or pro-cannibalism. Like, I feel like she'd be okay if it was a little less battlefield, a little more buffet, you know? Like, she, she hates Putin. Jeffrey Dahmer, eh, he cleaned his plate. Uh, last one. They're making more Jeffrey Dahmer, Jeffrey Dahmer documentaries, and I don't like how they always refer to these serial killers like, like with good things. I was like, oh, Jeffrey Dahmer, like he was the handsome one. No, that dude. First of all, he had fucked up teeth. All right, he was ugly as shit. But that we shouldn't be referring to these people by their good qualities. Like, if anything, we should be referring to them for their bad stuff. Like, you know, you know that guy, the the one who uh, couldn't get into art school. Yeah, really, that's his most defining trait, if you think about it. Because if you're just like, hey, you know the guy who really hated Jews? Nah, you're going to have to narrow it down a little bit. Okay, the guy who really hated Jews with the mustache. Walt 
Disney, Mel Gibson. No, 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 no. The one who really hated Jews with the mustache who didn't get into art school. Oh, Hitler. All right, thanks for your time, guys. Josh Kotsky, everyone. Josh Kotsky. Bye, guys. Uh, hey, your next comedian. He's ready to make you laugh. Put your hands together for Brady Pearson. Well, hello. Can y'all hear me okay? What a beautiful audience we have tonight. Well, hi, I'm Brady. I just turned 52. Thank you. And the older I get, the more that I think about nostalgia. All those things that are old that are new again. You know, like Christine Aguilera, Britney. Can we even believe that those are fashion again? Polio. Y'all know, did, did you have your polio shots? Anybody, you sure? Okay, okay. so we'll make sure we won't. And I'm also worried about our thirst for nostalgia. I mean, how it, there's a cost for it. I'm really worried about Harrison Ford. Is anyone else worried about Harrison Ford? This man, like, can we please not ask him to bring back every old fucking act he's done in his entire life just so that we can feel some kind of buzz off of seeing this poor ant man who's honestly on animatronics. Does anyone here see um, Blade Runner 2049? Why was he in it? Can anyone give me a real reason? Did he add anything? Okay, um, let's see. Um, Star Wars, oh my God, I can't believe they made another one. Do you remember that, that performance? And did you know that in each of these on set, he actually broke a foot, an ankle, a rib? Do you, see what I'm, do you see where I'm going with this? Did you also know that while he was filming these movies, he crashed two planes? Two, okay. We are going to kill this man. Please give Callista Flockhart someone to fuck in. Do, do you know who she is, Callista Flockhart? She was, um, thank you. Helen McBeal. We're not gonna talk about the age difference. I mean, I'm sure it's legal now. I'm sure it's legal now. Yes, and so now they're going to have um, Indiana Jones 5. I wish I was making that up. It's Indiana Jones and the Adventure of the Golden Walker. So please, ladies and gentlemen, please. We, because here's the thing. Like, if they can animate Carrie Fisher's dead ass in Star, Trek, or Star Wars, I can't believe we, we're watching this movie again. Remember that? Please, everyone, save Harrison Ford. Thank you. This is my <laughs> TED Talk on Harrison Ford. And also getting older and <clears throat> been around a long time. And, you know, I've been sucking dick a long time. Okay? I've been sucking dick so long that I've outlived Roe v. Wade. I've been sucking dick so long that it begs the existential question. How many miles of cock have I sucked? Any other cocksuckers in the house? Cocksuckers. You're lying. You're lying. So, I mean, right? Okay. So let's, let's go through this. Okay, so the average cock is what? You, sir, six? I'm being generous. Yes, sex. One up, one down, that's a foot. We keep going. There are 480,000 feet in a mile, 400 odd. Th then you keep going, and I, and I made my way up to like one odd million, 408,000 odd feet, which is 26 miles, right? Which is a marathon, which explains my last weekend Folsom. I feel so close to you all tonight. And I want to share with you the dream of a boys camp that could have been but never was in Lake Putatinmi, Wisconsin. 
I'd like to sing for you now the theme song to Camp Put It In Me. You ready? <clears throat> I get choked up. It means so much to me. <clears throat> oh, I love you. Put it in me. Put it in me every day. I love you. Put it in me. Put it in me all the way. On your shores. Put it in me. I am yours. Put it in me. Put it in me every gay. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Brady Pearson. Yay, Brady Pearson. The song stylings and cock suckings of Brady Pearson. He's owning it. Good stuff. Uh, your next comedian, such a funny lady. Clap your hands together. It's Lauren Kraut. Yay. Hello. Hello. Nice to see you. <laughs> I was thinking a lot about um, being a senior. Being a senior is a lot like being a kid again, only this time with alcohol and weed. And you can do whatever you want if you don't have any kids. You can smoke dope all day and read and stay in bed and play with your cat. Or you can come and tell jokes and fail miserably. All right. This is all new stuff, everybody. Um, why do we have five fingers and not, say, six or four or three? You ever think about that? Maybe God was making, there were six, and then one fell off, and he said, oh, fuck. Oh, all right. Well, fuck it. Whatever. Five. And everybody has five fingers. Okay. The new, new material is not working. Help. Okay. Uh, how about a song? Oh, I hate to have an existential crisis when I'm on stage in front of all of you. Questioning life's meaning and its purpose, not finding any and letting you all down. Okay, no? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You ever get high and zone out on your mother's name? Evelyn, Evelyn, who are you and why did you procreate, you evil sorcerer, you? Trying to take over the world with your neurotic, Jewish, anorexic, clinically depressed, slightly suicidal excuse for a daughter? How is that supposed to help? Oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> Do you ever, ever get high and think, is it angel food cake or angel food cake? Huh? And why not just angel cake? We don't say pumpkin food pie, do we? You ever get high and say, this shit is funny, I'm gonna write it down. <laughs> you have, yeah. And then you find it later and wonder when the cat learned to draw? Yeah, I like to write when I'm stoned. I go to different places. One of them, self-confidence land, is so rare and unexpected, I hyperventilate whenever I'm there. Is me smoking the joints. I actually feel good about myself right now. Oh God, I can't breathe. <laughs> and it appears that I'm headed to Witty and Cleverville, though sometimes the signs point in that direction, but when I get there, I find a black hole with a note saying, are you fucking kidding me? My mouth is dry because I had an edible earlier. <laughs> that Pam made. <laughs> It was this fantastic cinnamon, cinnamon 
bun broke bread. Oh, it was, it was good. <laughs> I was I was hearing color and see seeing music and. I'm admitting it on the radio, and my mother, if she were here, would turn over in her grave. Wait, I mixed that up. I better go. I'll leave you with this. Am I getting a horn? I'm getting a horn. Um, let's pause for a brief moment. Okay, that's enough. Jared knows this joke already. Let's reflect on the concept of time. Everyone knows about it. We use it all the time. Thank you. Follow it or not, you're late. I lost track of time. You work for it, part-time, full-time, overtime, all the fucking time. You get it done in next to no time or at your earliest convenience. Fuck you, I'm busy. You took your sweet time. Come on, man, I don't have all the time in the world. First time, next time. This is the last time. You're wasting time. Eh, I got time to kill. What the hell time is it? Time's up, Miss Kraut. At any point in time, right? But you can't touch it, can you? And we have happy hour, children's hour, darkest hour, hourglass. Minute waltz, minute snake, New York minute, in a minute, just a minute, just a second, split second, hold on a second, who's the second was on first? I don't know, third base. Well, that's my time, and I barely did that because my mouth is so dry. Goodbye, thank you. <laughs> Keep it going for Lauren Proud. High as balls and can remember like a fucking soliloquy. That was amazing, yay. No, you're fantastic. Your next comedian runs a really great open mic on Mondays at the Blarney Stone. It's like 19th and Geary. Get off the bus, I think. It's between 17th and 19th. And it's really, really great. And she's wearing her donut pants, so you know she's fucking serious. Put your hands together for Kat Pignati. <laughs> All right. This is my first time here, guys. Thanks uh, to Pam for hosting this. I'm so glad I finally got made it out here. Um, yeah, looks, uh, like Pam said, my name is Kat Pignati, um, but it's spelled Pignati. So um, growing up, when you have a weird last name, it can be kind of difficult growing up. I was literally Catherine Pignata until I was like 10 years old for two reasons. Um, one, kids are stupid and can't pronounce stuff. And two, kids are fucking mean. But here's the thing, as an adult who drinks, having a weird last name is even more difficult. If I go to like a regular dive bar, I can say, you know, Pignati to close my tab, they'll find it. I can't say Pignati. I can't say my name correctly because they're looking for P-I-N-Y and they'll never find it. But the worst part is when I'm at like a loud nightclub, even if I say Pignati, they're like, what? And I'm like, Pignati, what? Pig, pig like the animal. If you yell that in a loud nightclub, People's heads turn. I am just waiting for the one night some like underage kids like manage to sneak into the club and they hear that and think like the cops are there and like scatter like cockroaches. It hasn't happened yet, but I'm really like, I'm wa waiting for the day. Um, but yeah, I'm also, I'm 100% Italian. Th thanks guys. Um, hey, no, I'm just kidding. Um, and so uh, there's a tradition in the Italian culture. It's also a tradition in Latin culture. I really hope that it died with my generation. But I had what I like to affectionately call um, Afro puff bangs as a child. That is where you literally have a tiny little Afro on your forehead and then long curly hair. It's kind of like the Italian equivalent of a mullet. Well, instead of it being like professional in the front, party in the back, the whole thing is just a tragedy. Just a tragedy. And it gets to like, I think it's the point where I'm like, mom, like I have to grow this out. 
because um, no guy is ever gonna, no boys ever wanna date me. Um, and like, here's the thing. It's fine so long as it's kept cut short. But the minute it grows out, it starts to get really curly. And now I just have a giant bush of pubes on my forehead, which is not a good look for a sixth grader. I finally had to convince my mom to let me grow it out because I'm like, mom, you know, like they haven't seen these pubes. They shouldn't see these pubes. Um, I really wish that's the conversation I had with my mom, but I didn't know the significance of pubes back then. Um, speaking of pubes, uh, I recently had my first FaceTime ball sack. This happened to anyone else? No? A couple of you are thinking, oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to try it later. So, okay, truth be told, it wasn't a ball sack. My mom doesn't know how technology works, and she's listening right now. Hi, Mom. Um, and she meant to just call me, but she hit FaceTime by accident. And just the way the phone was pressed up against her neck, it looked like a ball sack. But here's the thing. I see my mother's name on the screen, what looks like a ball sack, and I'm like, what are my parents doing right now? And why are they calling me? I have never been happier for something to not be a ball sack. I mean, that's not true. I'm very often for things not to be a ball sack. But when you think it's your father's ball sack, hi, dad, um, you're extra, extra happy. Uh, one last story I got to tell you guys. We used to live on 6th and Mission. And if you know that area, it's a little dirty and a little crazy. So I'm walking from 8th to 6th to go into like the back door of the building and I see this elderly um, black gentleman who is simultaneously taking a shit while smoking a crack pipe. And I'm like, what do I do? Like, do I cross the street? He's where I need to be. I have to pass him. And now we've already locked eyes. So I don't want to be rude. So I'm like, all right, fine. Just, you know, go on your way. And we get to like this close to each other. And he looks up at me and goes, good evening, madam. Have a wonderful night. Like the most polite thing anyone has ever said to me. And I thought about it later and I realized you will never be happier than when you are simultaneously taking a shit and smoking a crack pipe. Like imagine the best shit you ever had. You're like, I want to phone a friend. I want to take a picture. I wish I could weigh it. Like picture the best shit you ever had. And now imagine that on crack. That is a joy I will never experience. And it kind of makes me sad. But here's my favorite part of that joke. I just got an entire room of people to picture the best shit they ever had and got to watch all your faces light up with joy. Anyways, that's my time. Thanks so much, you guys. Yay! Yay! Captain Pignati! That was, that was great. There was story time. That was awesome. When, when I was in junior high, though, we, we did our bangs like that on purpose. We used to curl up the top and curl down the bottom and then like oh and then that so i i was jealous of your natural curls i'd like to see him all right hey we're we're don't get comedy pneumonia yet we're in the middle we're having fun we're gonna have a good time start your hands clapping right now everybody for cover to sing yay how's everyone doing Jared, shut up. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right, no, I like, we're, we're friends. I can say that to Jared. Um, so I, I basically moved here uh, about a, a year ago, um, and I moved here for my boyfriend. Um, but I was definitely at an emotional crossroads because I really wanted to stay in New York. Um, I was like, oh, my God, I love the hustle of the people and their honesty and the way they look away when I'm being assaulted on the L train. You know, but then, you know, there was the rational side of me that was like, look, 
Ryan's going to be 3,000 miles away and I need his money. <laughs> He's making that Apple money. He's my Kickstarter, okay? With, without him, only 10% of my projects are funded, you know? And, like, it wasn't always like that. Like, I had to groom him to, like, make that Apple money because he's like, he was one of those like do-good engineers. He was like, look, Avita, like puppy prosthetics. Like, wouldn't it be cool if I could give Chihuahuas the ability to walk again? And I was like, yeah, I mean, make missiles, you know? <laughs> fuck the puppy, like, fuck the Chihuahuas. You know, those things are literally bred to live in purses. <laughs> you know, like, they always, they, they always like, those little dogs, they breathe as if like, they breathe like those characters in those movies that are taking too long to die. You know, they're, they're always like <laughs> You're like, just kill them already. But he's making that apple money. <laughs> um, okay, let's pivots. All right, that's when I, that's a, oh yeah, I think it's, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, we're, I'm finding new housing, okay? I'm finding new housing. And it's it's really challenging because I found this woman to like share an apartment with. But if my boyfriend stayed in my room, like I would save mad money, you know, like, and see, I thought about it. I was like, what if I move in with Ryan and this roommate? But I feel like I'm not, re like I could end the relationship, that could end the relationship. Like a lot of couples, they just move in together and that's, then it's over. Like it's just, it's over. And I'm all about preserving like our relationship, but even if things turn sour, like I would save 6,000 bucks, you know? And like, look, I grew up with toxic parents, okay? Like, like if you give it long enough, uncomfortable silences just become silences. You know, I, I feel like I'm willing to take the risk. Okay, oh, all right. Okay, um, I think it's interesting. Okay, so I was I was at CVS and I saw this like ad for um, it was like w like adult women's diapers and the whole value prop was like keep it discreet so no one can see the panty lines. I just think it's so funny how like women are always marketed as like these super clean individuals who are always so like pristine all the time. Because uh, I feel like we're fucking disgusting, you know, like women, we're always like farting silently, like all the time. I don't know if anyone has like shoved their hand in a toilet at a club to like grab your phone. Anyone? Anyone? And no, you're lying. You're you're liars. Uh, even like birth. I think that's the most like disgusting thing in the world. I, I think it's safe to say like I just wish there was a reporter in the room just being like, Breaking news, the gap between Kavitha's vagina and asshole is disappearing. <laughs> Confirmed, it's gone. Like, it's just so gross. Okay, last thing I'll say is, like, I've been trying to be more confident, and I was thinking, like, how, how do I become more confident? And I remember I had a, a guy, a friend, who, like, bombed at, um, like, a 10-minute set on stage, and he's coming off the stage, and I was like, oh, dude, don't worry, like, it's fine. And his reaction was like, what? I thought I did like really well. And I was like, wow, that is the lack of self-awareness that I could only dream of having, you know? Like every day I wake up and I'm like, it's gonna be okay. No, it's not. Everybody hates you and you're dying. <laughs> this guy's just like, I'm just crushing it. Like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm crushing it. Like 24 seven crushing it. 
Want to hear about how I'm buying the dip? I'm crushing it, you know? Just, okay, bye. Covetousing, <laughs> let her hear it. She's absolutely right. Birthing babies is disgusting. All right. Hey, thanks. You don't want to go up? Are you sure, Sadai? One day. Sadai, come on. One day, you promise you'll come back? Thanks for hanging out, man. Okay, come back. Next time, be brave. You can do it. Your next comedian. He can do it, too. Clap your hands wildly, everybody, for Ajay Damodaran. What's up, guys? So, uh, sorry I'm late. Uh, traffic, you know? Thanks, bro. Just walk out, walk away. See, look at that fucking intimidation. He can't even handle it. Hell yeah. How, how, who's comics in here? Who's comics? You got, oh, okay. You guys are just off the street. That's what's up. That's cool. Uh, I'll do the good jokes then. Uh, uh, all right. <laughs> I'll do like two jokes then. <laughs> all right. Uh, my name is Ajay. Uh, I am a younger sibling, so my pronouns are sit down, stop crying. That's how, that's how I self-identify. It really makes buying multivitamins very difficult, though, because they have one a day for men, one a day for women. There's no one a day for little snitches, so very malnourished, struggling. Uh, I am a child of immigrants, but my parents are uh, that, and uh, they... <laughs> They've lived in this country longer than they've lived back in India, though. So, like, anytime they say, like, immigrant shit kind of throws me off a little bit, right? Like, I was talking to my mom, and she was talking about being, like, arranged married right before moving to this country. And she was like, I moved to this country with $200 and a stranger. And I was like, oh, my God, Jesus Christ, woman. That sounds like dad moved to this country with, like, a dream and, like, an ungrateful bitch of a wife. That sounds... It's like, damn, I feel for your pain, but, like, that was his $200, man. Like, give the guy a break. I don't know. Give him, give him cut him some slack. He also just recently lost his job, which is kind of sad. It's like, it, it, he also lost, like, a software engineering job, which I feel like shouldn't happen to brown people, just in my personal opinion. I feel like we should be exempt from that. I don't know. feels like borderline brown-on-brown -brown crime. If you, Right? That's that... Listen, I'm like, brown on brown crime is tearing Fremont apart, and I will not stand for it, okay? You hear, heard it here at Mutiny Radio. <laughs> Stop it. I'm really familiar with the concept of brown on brown crime, though. Like, I used to shoplift all the time from 7 Eleven. That was my jam. Fucking love, I fucking love Funyuns, dude. I fucking love Funyuns <laughs> and crime and crime. No. <laughs> That's silly. I, uh,. I am trying to be a little bit more um, of a desirable person. I'm trying to be des more desirable to women, so I've been listening to a lot of like 90s rap. Like, just listening to a lot of like female rappers bitch about broke men and then just doing the opposite of whatever they say. Like, what are they complain about? Like, I've been listening to that R&B song, No Scrubs, right? Yes, sir, that song. It's a great song, very helpful. Uh, they say that if you are, uh, if you walk everywhere and you don't have a car, you're a scrub. So I bought a bicycle, I think. I think I'm fucking moving up in the world. <laughs> They also said they also said that like if you lean out your friend's passenger window and holla at women, then you are also a scrub. So now I just stare at them on the bus. Feel like that's the right move. And then they also said that if you live at home with your mama, you are also a scrub. So me and my dad kick that bitch out. We are good to go. Moving up in the world. <laughs> that's a funny joke because like my mom's like an amazing person. I love my mom so much. That's, yeah, uh, this is unrelated, but I need to throw some new shit in here. Why not? Uh, I bought a bidet. Um, 
I bought a bidet just because I wanted a water fountain that would also make me come. Okay, that's the <laughs> that's the funniest part of that. <laughs> that's silly. Um, I you guys know about the new Mike Tyson document or like Mike Tyson show on Hulu? Right, I saw the trailer for that and like the ending tagline was like hated by f or loved by few, hated by many, respected by all, right? That's like a pretty dope line for a person, right? But I also realized that's also the exact same line you could use for like latrines, right? I don't know. It's just a thought. <laughs> uh I'm going to leave with this. Uh, I think the silver lining to climate change is the fact that now California kids will finally get to experience what it feels like to get weather-related school closures, you know, because they'll be expected to fight fires, you know. <laughs> just imagine, like, a little third grader walking, over, like, walking home from class and just, like, suit all over his face, and, like, his teacher's like, oh, damn, I know what little Timmy wants to be for this Halloween. He's like, this is a fucking game to you. I'm dying out here. All right. Uh, I don't think I have time to finish that joke, but you guys have been fun. Have a nice night. Ajay Damodaran giving a new meaning to toilet humor. Yay. Humor about toilets, like literally. Uh, your next comedian, keep your hands clapping, everybody. It's Newman Shake. Woo! Controversy, controversy. Yeah, what's up, guys? I'm happy to be here. Um, used to be a lifeguard. And I remember um, while I was working there, they gave us this uh, incentive where they're like, for each person you save, We'll give you an additional $50. Yeah, and I know that was supposed to motivate me to be a better lifeguard, but uh, all that really did was make me push kids in the deep end more often. <laughs> yeah, um, I know current events, they're getting rid of abortion. That sucks. But if they are going to get rid of abortion, I think they should also get rid of child labor laws. Like, if they're going to force a woman to have a kid, I think she should get her money's worth. You know what I mean? Like, put that mistake in the factory where it belongs. All right. Um, I'm learning a lot. Like, I've learned... Um, I'm learning not to ask homeless people questions. Like, I was walking home yesterday, and this homeless guy was like, How are you? And I was like, I'm good. How are you? And then he looked way sadder than he was before. All right. Um... <laughs> Yeah, this is just a thought I had recently. This isn't even much of a joke, but I feel like I feel like you can tell how sexually active a guy is based on the length of his fingernails. <laughs> I like that joke because every guy who's not getting laid, he may, like immediately checks their fingernails. All right, um, I'm a gen. Are you a Gen Z crowd or like a millennial? That that's not an answer, but okay. <laughs> Millennial. Okay, I'm a Gen Zer, but we're pretty much the same. Like we're all we're very progressive and very poor. Yeah, I think the only difference between like you and me is like I feel like you grew up dreaming about buying a house only to be like really disappointed. And then I grew up being like, Wow, I really want a dishwasher, you know? <laughs> I um yeah. Um my high school bully, he came out as bisexual recently. Not a big fan. I'll explain that. That sounds wrong. No, because now, now he has, like, the self-care and, like, the emotional maturity of a gay man. And he still wants to fuck women. So that just means he fucks more women than me. I uh, I turned 22 recently. That that wasn't a sad thing. I, th I hope. <laughs> turned 22. Um, yeah, I, it's, 22 is a weird age. 22 is the age where, like, my dumbest friends are having kids. 
Yeah, and I got to fake support them because I can't go to my friends and be like, you know what's the best thing you could do for your kid? Leave. Yeah, so now I'm just slowly watching my friends raise the next generation of Wendy's employees. I, um... Fair Christmas movie is a this 2001 Tim, Tim Allen movie called Christmas with the Cranks. Have you guys watched this movie? All right, it's this movie where Tim Allen and his wife, they decided they decide to go on a cruise and start celebrating Christmas, and their entire neighborhood gangs up on them and forces them to celebrate Christmas anyway. Yeah, and the reason why this is my favorite Christmas movie is because it's also my favorite horror movie. Because as someone who doesn't celebrate Christmas, the idea of my entire neighborhood ganging up on me and forcing me to celebrate Christmas is fucking horrifying, you know? Like, if they put Tim Allen in brownface and call that movie Christmas with the Kumars, that would be my get out, you know? <laughs> All right, goodbye, guys. Newman, shake, everyone. Shake it up. Uh, Lorenzo, you're here, yeah? Yeah. Are you ready? Okay, it's just you're, it's we're, we're here we are at number 11. We have Megan McCarthy too. Is Megan here? Megan McCarthy's not here yet. And we have Nico after that, and then we have Ezra, and then we have Dwight, just so everybody knows where we are. Are you okay? Are you ready? Are you, do you want to? Sweet. All right, everybody, clap your hands wildly for Lorenzo. Yay! Hey, everyone. So first, I should apologize for not coming here last week. I'm sorry, Pam. I probably shouldn't have gone to that party, to be honest, but I will say this, because I think this is the story I want to report to you all. I had a breakthrough as a comic. I finally sort of got canceled for a joke that I made. Let me tell you why. So I was signing up for this party and, you know, as part of the sign up process, because, you know, there's an, a huge RSVP list, you have to answer a prompt. Turns out to be I was the only one to answer the prompt. So actually my comment was at the very top of the comment section. And, you know, because I'm practicing being a comedian, I made a joke, right? All I said was, guys complain about being friend zone. But guys, mommy's own women, and that's way worse, which I think is the truth. I almost got kicked out of the party for being too sexually provocative, which tells you a lot about how many people get laid living at that house that was hosting the party to begin with. But it really got me thinking because a lot of those people thought that what I said was like deeply offensive, and the women of the audience are like, finally, please speak truth to power. Yeah. Um, so I had to explain, actually, I totally mansplained to a bunch of incels what mommy zoning is really about, right? Which is this basic idea that your girlfriend can just basically turn into your mom and just take care of you. No wonder they stop having sex with you if you turn women that, into your mom, right? Like, come on, you got to be at least at a basic level of competency. But then earlier this week, my colleagues and I were discussing one of the most recent papers uh, um, in the sexuality literature. I'm a bioinformatics researcher. For those of you who don't know, it's not random. Uh, I learn about sex all the time. Um, and yeah, like, what we learn about is that one of the biggest predictors of women initiating sex with their husbands is the husband doing chores. Like, specifically doing the dishes. That's how low the bar is set, guys. <laughs> it's not set low in terms of height requirements. We've talked about that before. That is kind of a dep the tragic, depressing situation. But when it comes to actually being a competent human being, the bar is set really low. And so I had to explain to these guys, you know, mommy zoning is a huge problem that's reflective of men being fundamentally incompetent, and you just got to level up so this problem stop, you know, stops happening. Um, and then at work, you know, one of my female colleagues was discussing, was explaining chore play to me. Have you ever heard of chore play? 
none of y'all are married, I guess, you know, because once you get married for like 10 years and you got to keep spicing things up, you come up with some crazy ass sexual gamification to keep the relationship alive. Um, chore play is when the wife sets up a point-based system to reward with sexual activity her husband for doing basic things like, you know, if you t honey, if you take out the trash, you, you get a kiss, right? Um, if you... Um, if you clean up the dishes, you get a hand job. Um, if you this, if you decide you know, to stay up one night, you know, and like keep the you know take control of the babies or whatever, uh, then you can touch my breasts. Uh, if you take up the kids for the whole weekend, so I can go to a spa, then you actually get to fucking, and then you know you get all the way to I think like the most like the highest point item on the chore playlist for the people that practice this kind of fetish um, is obviously oral sex and it's so interesting to learn about these there's a subreddit dedicated to this to this fetish and it's interesting to hear about women yeah yeah, yeah. no I'm not kidding um, so it's interesting to hear about like what are women rewarding men with you know uh, for that right um, and the top voted answer in the subreddit was divorce <laughs> Which really taught me that at the end of the day, any guy who gets offended at my joke about you know friend zones and mommy zone fundamentally needs to level up. But also, I think all of us guys needs to be acknowledged that the fact that women have to resort to chore play to keep the relationship industry means that no matter whether you're single, married, or in a long-term relationship, all men deep down are pussy whipped. Good night, everybody. Yay, Lorenzo, I learned so much. That was amazing. When I was married, we had a program that we called Back Rubs for Blowjobs. That's what we, Back Rubs for Blowjobs. That was, that's what I did with my uh, ex-husband, yeah. And then one time, um, my, my ex-boyfriend was doing the laundry and we were having sex and it went ding and then he went, oh, the laundry's done and I came. Okay. <laughs> You're, is this Megan? You're up. Put your hands together, everybody, for your next comedian, Megan McCarthy. <laughs> Hello everyone, my name is Megan McCarthy. Thank you very much, I got here just in time. Um, all right, so I, you know, I, I've been doing like my old jokes and really awkwardly, and, so I, and I feel weird about coming up and just doing the same ones again, but you know, I guess we need to practice. Um, but uh, so yeah, my name is Megan McCarthy. I like a man whose favorite food is pussy. If you, I ask you your favorite food and you say pizza, that doesn't cut it. Um, but I'm also gonna wing it a little bit. Like, okay, so I think about this a lot. Like, I don't know if anyone else in this room is the same way. When I have diarrhea, I'm like stoked because it means I'm losing weight, right? And it's something that like, I never really, like I had to say it out loud and be like, wow, that's really fucked up. Like, shit's fucked up, you know? Um, that I feel like that about my body and whatnot. Um, but uh, yeah, oh yeah, or like another thing, you know, when I, cut up like the little plastic holders for soda cans. You know, I, it's like I'm basically like, oh, I'm cutting them up so they don't strangle, th strangle you know, creatures in the ocean. It's like, I'm basically being like, yeah, we're gonna throw this in the fucking ocean. You know, like no problem, let me just cut it up first, yeah. So you don't die as hard. So, um, but yeah, um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, what else do I have on my phone here? Um, you know how many times a day I just look at my vagina and go like, what the fuck? Maybe, I don't know if I'm alone in this, but like, it's just like this such a, such a weird thing, you know? Um, maybe it's because I'm not as familiar with vaginas as I am with penises. 
um, a little bit, you know, every now and then, but not as, as much. So it's just like sort of like, huh? Um, all right, so I was talking to someone uh, the other day. Um, I'm like, I'm someone, you know, I have particular like size requirements for men. It's not like something that I choose, you know, it's my anatomy or something or just, I don't know what it is, but I like a big dick. All right. And so I've been trying with dating to kind of try to fi figure that out before I waste the time, you know, getting to know someone and, um, you know, and then finding out that this isn't going to work out. Um, so I've been asking people to send me pictures of their dick. And, and I know that one, um, one guy was like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to put that out there. And I was like, what does your penis have your face on it or something? Like, if you send me a picture of your dick, like, how is that going to link up? You know, are you running for president? Um, but, uh, yeah. And so I was like, what does it have your dick on? It has your uh, face on it. And I was like, that would be cooler if it did have your face on it because then to shut you up, I could just stuff you in my pussy, you little bitch. So, um, yeah, let's see what else is here. There's a lot of dick stuff in here. Um, so if you like that, then you're welcome. If not, um, you're welcome. Um, I don't know if you've ever hooked up with someone and then everything that you talk about is, is like leading up to sex for them. Like you could be talking about something totally different, but because you've hooked up, they're like, Oh, you're making me so horny right now. Like a guy texted me, I was talking about something totally unsexual and he's like, Oh, you're making me so horny. And I texted him back. I don't care. It's not my problem if I'm awesome and that makes you horny. Um, so uh, let's see what else we have here. Um, yeah, no, that's the diarrhea thing. I already went over that. Um, so uh, I guess I'll close with that. Thank you so much. Yay, closing on a poop joke like a professional, hooray. Sometimes my poops are so big, I think I thought I went number two, but I, curls around the bowl, I went number six. Uh, we, hey, Nico, it's your turn. Are you ready? Do you want to try it? Hell yeah. Everybody, it's our first time. Put your hands together for Nico. Yay. Hi, I'm Nico. Um, I'm still thinking about the chore play thing, honestly, because I would never, I would, I would never do that. I would, I'm thinking about it because I would, I would go to like write down my list, right? Because I feel like they have like a system. I'd go to write it down, like touch my breast, and I'd be like, no, he doesn't want to do that. <laughs> or like, oh, you can kiss me. Why would he want to kiss me? I don't care. Um, so that's the first thing. But that's new, so it's probably not good. Anyway, so I'm a bit nervous. I'm going to break the ice by talking about a dream I had. Um, this was two days ago. I was in a convenience store. It was really beautiful in there. It was 5 p.m. So the sun was setting because it was one of those with the windows. And I think that's really beautiful. And I walked up because I was buying condoms for myself. I don't have a penis, but I was. And I went up to the clerk and I was like, hey, I want some condoms, please. And he said, okay, what size you got? I don't know. So I pulled it out. <laughs> I pulled it out. And I looked down and I was kind of shocked because it looked like an umbilical cord. <laughs> It was thin and it was hairy and I just remember so distinctly he went whoa I don't know what I'm gonna do with that so and then I woke up which was a really good way to start my day I texted her immediately <laughs> so my next joke oh god the real I'm realizing now the way I've like organized this it's penis drugs and rock and roll Woo! Woo! I don't do any of those things <laughs> So my second joke is I don't like doing drugs. I don't like most things. 
I kind of just sit. Um, but I've tried drugs. I don't enjoy it, but I've tried it. And I've, I remember I, smoking weed specifically, I don't like. I haven't done any of the harder ones, so I don't know about those. Maybe I'll get back to you. But because there are, four, there are three reasons. One, you don't feel anything. Two, everyone's sort of watching you, you know? Like they're staring at you because they want to see how it goes. And it's like worse than your parents because they drop you. When I was in high school, my parents were very overprotective. So they dropped me off and they watched me go and they took pictures of me like I was famous, which would be really nice in any other scenario. But there I was very embarrassed because I was wearing Disney Channel original clothing up and down. Um, so it's worse than that. It's worse than your parents dropping you off at a school dance, parents watching you on your first date, parents watching you lose your virginity. Um, <laughs> So that's like the other reason that I don't like it. And the last reason is, let me see, um, the elf. No? You guys don't know the elf? Well, when I was, so when I went up, when I, because of course you get in a line and you go up and you do the drugs and they all watch you because they're in the audience and you go back down. But when I went up, they brought out an elf and they went, you got to hit it. And I knew it was an elf and not a human because it was really short. Um, and I didn't want to hit it, but it, they were like telling me if you don't, hit it, you're not going to be able to complete like the drug ritual. And I was like, shit, fuck. <laughs> so I hit, and it was like, hit me, hit me. This isn't working. We're going to go to the next one. Hawk, hawk. My last thing is the rock and roll. So I want to talk about songs, because I love music so much. Do you guys love music? That's the biggest reaction I've gotten yet. Woo! Um, yeah, I love songs, because everybody's always going against someone. Like love songs, for example. You turn on the radio, you put it to like the love song channel. I don't know, I don't use the radio. And it's, <laughs> and it's like, they don't want us to love each other, but we do. And I'm like, oh man, you guys are really fighting against some crazy circumstances. That's so crazy. And then I switch it to rock and roll, you know? And I'm like, this is like, they're very self-assured. They're probably not fighting anyone. And then they're like, they don't want us to rock. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, who is they at this point? Like, who is not letting you rock? Because I feel like that's been a very respected you know, genre of music for 50 years, 70, older than most of us. So then I'm like, I turn to the funk channel and I'm like, funk, everybody's happy in funk. We're gonna listen to some funk music. And they're like, they don't want us to funk this town. We're gonna funk all night long. And I'm like, shit, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Can you guys just like be peaceful? I wish we wrote music about peace. Imagine that. I'm Niku. I love you. Mwah. Yay! Yay! Keep your hands clapping. That was our first time. Miku, everyone. Yay! 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 What a first time. Fantastic. Ezra, are you ready to go? Put your hands together, everybody, for Ezra. Yay! Hey, guys. So, um, I had a pretty big week. I, uh, I've been getting into a lot of problems with my bank. Um, I got my bank account when I was like 13. It was like part of a school project. I have proof my debit card has a lion on it because that's cool. <laughs> and uh, the problem is that I still have like a child bank account. So my like debit limit is like $25. <laughs> and I went in there to like be like, can I have like a real adult bank account, please? I'm a, I'm a grown man. And they're like, are you sure? <laughs> and I was like... I don't know, actually. Um, anyway, I, the thing I love about my bank is, I don't know why I'm not saying it. It's not like they're going to hear. I guess they might. Um, 
the thing I love is that every time I complain about something, they just invent some like new bullshit like rewards program to give me that has some new like precious metal attached to it. So I'm like mad and they're like, we understand you're mad that your credit limit is $25, but do you want to become part of our diamond platinum program? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, does that raise the credit limit? And they're like, no, but <laughs> you get free movie tickets once every four years if you spend $1,000 a month. And I'm like, how can I do that if my credit limit is not raised? And they're like, hey, I don't know. Do you want to be part of our ultra emerald program? <laughs> It's gotten to the point where, like, they're just making shit up. They're like, hey, do you want to be on our, like, private jet, awesome private island, have fun, do drugs program? Does <laughs> that raise my credit limit? No. Um, let's see. What else? Oh, so I saw there was, like, an article that was uh, people were arguing about whether or not, like, Jamaican Patois can be considered, like, a separate language or if it's just a dialect of English. Um, here's why I don't think it is, because... I can go to City College and be like, yeah, I want to learn Spanish as a second language. I can't be like, can I learn Jamaican Patois as a second language, please, at City College, looking like me, <laughs> being like, hear me now, hear me now, blood clot. I haven't learned the accent yet. I'm just learning the vocabulary. <laughs> the thing is about that is I realized that like, I worked at Safeway, and I worked with this guy who was like a white Jamaican guy. They have those. I didn't know that. Yeah, I know. Ooh. <laughs> and uh, it was like, I kind of started believing in God slightly because this guy had that accent and just looked like me. And like, he would have to like talk to customers and be like, I'm not going to do the voice because I, I can't do it. Um, <laughs> but he would do the voice and like people would get mad at him and he would be like, I don't know what's going on. Why have I ended up in this horrible country? I want to go back to Jamaica. <laughs> And I was like, oh, poor guy. And his name was like Tim or something. Like he had such a lame name. Um, what else? Oh, uh, I really like watching that show Jeopardy. I don't know why I said that show Jeopardy. It's like, <laughs> it's like the most famous show ever. <laughs> um, I'm really sad that Trebek died, but they have that new like Mormon eunuch hosting it. He's good, I guess. The thing I like the most about Jeopardy is that when you get into the negative numbers, you just can't go to final Jeopardy. They're just empty. Like, you always see the people that are negative, and I like to imagine that it's because, like, the negative money is money you owe them, and they've, like, dragged you up behind the back to, like, break your kneecaps. They're like, oh, yeah, you're 2000 in the red. That's not a suggestion. Like, you owe us $2,000. Oh, you can't pay up? Alex Trebek's going to come out here and break your knees with a pipe. <laughs> um, I've been really into, uh, I don't know if you know that show, To Catch a Predator. With yeah, Uh-oh. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I was, <laughs> um, yeah, did you know there's a spinoff of that show? And you're like, man, how can they raise the stakes for the spinoff? Well, instead of catching, like, dangerous child molesters, they throw Chris Hansen at people that are trying to rip you off for, like, plumbing and mechanic work and shit. This is a real show. So, like, he'll go to a house that'll end, like, you know, fake, like, a water heater breaking and then like call a plumber and it'll overcharge him. And then Chris Hansen will descend from the shadows being like, I know what you did. <laughs> Which if you're Chris Hansen, you can't do that because you're known for prosecuting one very specific crime. <laughs> the thing I love the most though is that there's gotta be at least one plumber who's also a pedophile. <laughs> 
but hasn't done anything yet. And Chris Hansen just descends from the shadows and he's like, dude, is he like in Minority Report? How do you know? <laughs> anyway, that's all I got. Thank you guys. Ezra, everyone. That was fantastic. Where'd you come from? You, you, you've been doing this for a while, clearly. Really? That was really great. That was really funny. I laughed out loud like a bunch of times. I don't think it's just because I'm super high, but it might be. Um, you're, it was, I thought that was really, I thought that was really funny. Uh, your next comedian is also very funny and weird and wonderful. Put your hands together for Dwat Mai. Yay! Hey, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Ezra, one more time, ladies and gentlemen. He's busy talking, so he doesn't know that I just gave him props. Uh, Ezra, you look like you just, uh, woke up from, uh, you know, on the couch. Accurate, right? Yes. Just in time to roll the dice on your Dungeons and Dragons turn. <laughs> Anyways. Hey, I was sitting behind Lorenzo. Lorenzo, every time you move, I saw a uh, glimpse of your ass crack. <laughs> I don't know if... Well, he knows it too. He was sitting behind you, right? I think it, anybody who sits behind him knows two things. One, he has a ball spot here, and two, there's no ball spot down there. It's like a jungle. <laughs> I got a weed whacker you can borrow, $30 an hour, whatever you want. Hey, hey, Megan. I, I heard what you said about liking uh, big dicks, but you don't know why. You don't know why you like big dicks. Perhaps it is because your pussy is also big. <laughs> or not. <laughs> what? I'm just, I'm just giving you a tagline for your jokes. Just a tagline. Was that too much? Oh, well, well. I'll be off in three I'll be off in three minutes anyways. Anyways. Hey, what are, I'll tell you guys what I was thinking about today. I was uh, drove by a cemetery, and I was thinking, what a waste of land. Right? My Lord, you got a bunch of people without homes, and down the street, you got a bunch of dead people with their own plots. My God. You know, I think dead people should not be able to own anything. Right? And if you accidentally build a house on top of them, they get mad at you, and they grab your daughter and pull her into the TV. <laughs> The nerve of these dead people. We have to live in multi-story buildings and they get to own all the space above them. So what, if I fly over your grave, you're gonna haunt me for a second? The nerve of these dead people. Discriminating against living people. All right. Hey, here's a compromise. I know we can't get rid of cemeteries right away, but here's a compromise. If you wanna be buried, you all gotta be buried vertically. All right, we're going to solve the problem. The economy is going to be great. All we got to do is dig the hole an extra six feet deeper, and then we'll put you in there. All right? Anyways, that's my cemetery stuff. <laughs> hey, I was standing next to my grandpa's uh, deathbed uh, about a month ago, and right before he died, he said, life is short. And I said, but it's the longest thing I've ever experienced. And then he died in perplexity. <gasps> my grandpa, grandpa. Anyways, hey, I was thinking about Hitler and the Jews and why Hitler hated the Jews so much. And maybe it's because the Jews were smarter than the average white person, but they looked like the average white person, so he was always running into them. He couldn't avoid them. He was like, you beat me in chess again. Who are you? If Hitler had hated, let's say, Asian people, you know, then he would have successfully avoided all the Asians, right? And then he would have just hated us in the privacy of his own home. He wouldn't have had a big campaign about it. But he just couldn't avoid the Jews. They blended in too much. Anyways, uh, Hitler. I think Hitler is a, a warning to all the boring politicians out there. Right? 
Like, you better get your energy up or else some crazy guy's gonna come around and speak with his whole body and fucking rule the country. That's all Hitler did. Yeah! And they go, oh, he's not boring. Yes, I will listen to his policies. Whatever he says, we fucking, you know, Hitler was always doing this, you know? Because he was, like, inside was a, a small man, I think, who wanted to be taller. And he got the whole country to say, I also want to be taller. Everybody, that's why he had a big, small mustache, because that little man fit that mustache, you know? And then that joke will be funnier next week when I write a punchline. <laughs> hey, you guys following Aaron Judge, home runs, 61 home runs? Anyways, he's, he's like going to break the record, but he's the only one who did it without steroids, you know? But he was adopted, so I think all the extra motivation that he gets from trying to prove to his real parents that they should have never put him up for adoption is a performance enhancer, right? It gives you the advantage. He was, he was adopted. Anyways, hey, sometimes I hang out with people who used to beat me up, my parents. All right, hey, uh, if I made you guys laugh just a little bit and uh, you guys want to thank me, uh, just consider making a donation to the Children's Orphanage of Vietnam. My son lives there. <laughs> you guys, have you guys heard that joke last week? Did you? You did you? No wonder. You have. Okay, anyways, hey, enjoy the prom tonight. Anyways, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. What my everyone? Okay, stick around. There's one last comedian, and it's, and it's me. So uh, clap your hands together for me. Yay. So exciting that there's like actual people here and thank you for being here and this is super awesome. Um, I have a bunch of one-liners which I don't usually do and I wanna see what you laugh at. So let's see what we're, and I don't really ever bring up my notebook but I literally wanna practice these one-liners. So here we go. Uh, my clit is so big, I can use a Cheerio as a cock ring. Right, I got some chuckles. Um, I'm, or I, I should do some jokes before I do that one. Okay, so this is the crazy thing. Um, every time a man makes a decision, people do it. And when a woman makes a decision, people make a committee. Ah, uh, feminism. Uh, yeah, uh, when I, did you read that book by um, Cheryl from the Facebook? And it was called Lean In. And when I lean into the glass ceiling, I like to do it with my tits so that, you know, I can get some cleavage and show them, you know. Glass ceiling, lean in, there you go. I have really small titties and I've always wanted to give and get a pearl necklace. And that's never happened. But I do have a really large collection of pearl keychains keychains it's that's a hand job joke that one doesn't work um <laughs> i don't want to be so heavy-handed with my feminism i'll just say a few things about feminism and then i'll talk about dicks in my mouth uh heavy-handed comes from the idea does anybody know where heavy-handed comes from as a as a cliche or as a euphemism that you use so it comes from the olden times when you used to get to beat your wife but you couldn't leave a mark that's how you got in trouble. So you didn't want to be heavy-handed when you beat your wife. It's like the rule of thumb. Do you know where that one comes from? When you could legally beat your wife, you just couldn't do it with anything bigger than the thickness of your thumb. So what if they had huge, big old man hands? You bring it into court like, here's the... Okay. Just feminism. Yay, we used to legally beat women for funsies. <laughs> Good. Uh, anybody have any favorite Bible verses? 
Mine is Leviticus 20, 12, which is if you sleep with your father-in-law, you should both be stoned. I love to be stoned. I'm, I'm getting chuckles. Okay. Not the I'm so old. I have to use my reading glasses to pack my bong. <laughs> I'm like beer goggling myself all the time, and I like it. <laughs> um, oh, here's another one. Do you know where the saying, let the cat out of the bag comes from? Okay, so in Italy, when they used to kill their witches, they didn't burn them like they did in the Northern Europe. They'd stick them in a bag with a large stone and a live cat, and they'd drown them all together. Let the cat out of the bag. Let the witch out of the bag. <laughs> Why are we putting women in bags and drowning them? It's so crazy to me. I'm sorry. I, I'm a, I identify as a witch. My pronouns are us and we. See, look, I got it. It's because I didn't look at the thing. Uh, how many feminists does it take to screw in a light bulb? Hold on. Let me knock my dick out of this feminist's mouth and we'll ask her. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. Here's the alternate to that. How many feminists does it take to screw in a light bulb? Cats! Cats, 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 cats! That one doesn't make sense either, but for some reason for me it does. I'm a crazy cat lady, but not in the way you think. I want to take my cat and shave him and knit a sweater out of his fur and then make him wear it because I'm fucking nuts! Uh, that This is a new one. Um, how, did you know the fourth wave feminism convinced us that blowjobs are a feminist act? <laughs> it's real. That's why I'm like, it's so funny at the same time. Uh, fourth wave feminism. I, the patriarchy has gotten so deep. They've, they've gotten into feminism. They've actually put men in feminism, even though it's not spelled like that. It's the only word spelled without the word men in it, right? Like when you... When we become wit men, we menstruate. Ah! <laughs> the one thing you could literally never do when you put your name on it, menstruate. Is this, for me, this is just so funny. And then when we have sex for the first time, what do we break? Hymen! Hymen! Hi! <laughs> Sorry, I'm crazy tonight because I'm high. But the patriarchy is just embedded in our language. They're like, shut up, bitch. Why aren't you sucking my dick right now? And I'm like, because you're in my language. <laughs> Uh, sorry, the one I do understand because I'm going through it right now is menopause because men are no longer pausing on me. They're like, she is old, walk on by. Cool, okay. Okay, one one more uh, and then I'll let you guys go. I'm sorry, I do too much fem. This is the thing. I love my feminist jokes. Like, I love them, but nobody ever wants to hear them. Like, people are like, we don't know. Make her shut up about the truth. We can't see. The one prefix they give us, right? The one feminine prefix, herpes. That's what we get. We get herpes. Thanks. I love language so much. I just think it's, uh, it's like, it's all right there. It's like staring at it. <sighs> okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so high today. I think it's the edibles. I'm like all off the map. Thank you all so much for being here and everybody for performing and hanging out for other people's things. And 
Did any of the new people want to try it just for funsies, the people that are in the audience, just because we still have time and you've been here and been so patient? Is that you're just like, no, we're just an audience. That's fantastic. Um, if you ever want to donate, it's at Mutiny Radio on Venmo. But thank you so much for being here. Have a great weekend. It's hardly strictly bluegrass. And, and tomorrow at 2 o'clock, we do Atlas. So yay. Thank you for being here. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! 499. John Wessick here. I have a new poetry collection on Amazon. Here's the title poem, The Shaman in the Library. 
naked except for a loincloth, ritual scars and streaks of red clay, he attends the staff meeting, all haircut, back straight, face flat. Why is he here? No one knows. Since the library opened, he's pushed the loaded book cart and replaced Suzanne Summers and Gwyneth Paltrow in the diet and exercise section. Trembling patrons pay late fees promptly when he stands by the circulation desk. A few parents complain their teenagers shadow him, chasing rumors of hallucinogenic ayahuasca vines hidden in the botany section. And after the singed carpet incident, management forbade cooking fires. No more fresh rabbit meat. Only packets of microwave cassava. He pricks his fingertip at shift's end and fills out his timesheet with human blood. It's a good life. His employer provides health insurance and a retirement plan. But when the wild parrots come to strip fruit from nearby trees, he remembers the land of his birth, his vision quest, fasting to the point of death and how his spirit animal came to him. He remembers inhabiting the jaguar's body, its savage strength and the power he gained, power to take life and heal. Free from culture and convention, he hunted at night, the heart-pounding chase, the taste of wild I was just leaving the theater. Convertible 1969 gold Cadillac with the white interior. And I started to do some thinking. Flat black glass. Looking big splits and cruising. Saturday noon to two. On the freeway. I am a Colonel Blake. Henry. Yeah. Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. Black Block, a novel about protest from Sanjuro, a sample. The walk from Union Square to the bar is a long way for a drink, so you want a few stopovers. You get warmed up at Lefty O'Doul's, an old-time tavern with memorabilia and a menu from another century. Then a Market Street dive to rub elbows with the hoi polloi. Next is a wholesome leather bar. The dark goth soundtrack is a refreshing change from the usual jukebox anthems but you must avert your eyes lest you observe gentlefolk in flagrante. That means fucking. Tonight, none of these places are open unless looters have broken in. The city is shut down because of the riots. Thank you. Find me at sanjurorider.com and Black Block is on Amazon.
subliminal SF. Visual and auditory mind control. Graphic design, physical merchandise, live music promotions. Go www.subliminalsf.com for the most amazing t-shirts you've ever seen. Graphic design for every need and live music promotion. Some of the best bars in San Francisco. That's Subliminal SF. Visual and auditory mind control. Go to SubliminalSF.com now. Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. October 9th through 16th, 2022, the 7th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is coming to you, San Francisco and beyond. So many venues this year. Atlas Cafe, Madam Racecar, The Bar on Dolores, El Rio, Baby Blues Barbecue, OMG, and the Alameda Comedy Club, as well as Emperor Norton's Boozeland and Mutiny Radio. 28 shows all week. Get your tickets at Eventbrite and for free on Sunday the 16th. It's a block party, part of the Phoenix Day block party CU. Or livable city who brought you Sunday streets. We're gonna have a block party. We're gonna have the bacon bacon food truck, art vendors, 40 comedians from all over the United States outside, ready to make you laugh. Please come out to the seventh annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival at eight different venues, October 9th through 16th, 2022. See you there. The National Lawyers Guild is dedicated to the need for basic change in the structure of our political and economic systems. They seek to unite lawyers, law students, legal workers, and jailhouse lawyers of America to function as an effective political and social force in the service of the people, to the end that human rights shall be regarded as more sacred than mere property interests. For more information about your legal rights, how to obtain legal assistance, or to donate, please contact the National Lawyers Guild at nlgsg.org. That's nlgsg.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. LSD fap, acid and fapping, fapping and acid, acid fapping, fapping and acid, fap, 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 acid. Thank you, that song is called Acid and Fapping. My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders, look good on camera, end all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, repression. 
transgression and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. Whitewater tyranny. Twitter in the neoliberal workplace. So, I've been off Twitter now for a month. The longest period in my life of me not using them. Since I got my first smartphone in 2009, and started an incredible 13-year run of chatting absolute shite online. An astonishing achievement, even if I was forced to leave as a result of being banned, seemed equally about that mouse-like decision. So, months later, what are my thoughts? One of the things I've noticed most is how similar the English is. My last job before I went mad, caught Covid, and became a quit. As you'll recall, I used to work in a call centre. It sucked. And it especially sucked when our managers decided to outsource the work of the specialist department I used to work in to a centre in a country ran by a homophobic dictator because of his country's looser regulatory environment. Woo! Sponsoring those prides, guy! The new department I got moved to was busier. Much busier. And suddenly, I got the full experience of genuinely being battered by call after call after call. Where once I had had time to do all the admin that I was required to do for each customer without having to take myself off the phones, I now found myself trying to get it taken care of in the course of calls themselves, to minimise my hold time, all while giving the customer my full attention and having real conversations, obviously. The stress of a kind I'd never experienced, as I've worked retail over Christmas. But the thing about a physical queue is that it has an end you can see. Even if more and more people keep joining it, you can work it down. All you see in a call centre is numbers. That number is hardly Of course, the customer doesn't see this side of the affair. All they hear is the hold music, constantly interrupted by recorded declarations saying, Your call is important to us. Reminders that you are 89.2, and constant patronising interjections that this is so much easier to do online. No wonder that even the nicest customers were a little tetchy by the time they got through to a human. Let's be honest, this is Britain. Nice customers were rare. More common by far were angry, lazy, judgmental scum who more often than not just wanted someone to shout at to make them feel better about their own mistakes, their own inability to remember that some places are shut on bank holidays, that debts generally have to be paid, that it doesn't matter how much money they have in their bank account, we could not, in fact, do things for them which were illegal and certainly couldn't agree to do that kind of thing on the phone. If you've worked in one of these places, you know the kind of people, and the vitriol that results when you tell these entitled people no. And how did I choose to spend my lunchtime? 
the 50-minute breaks I was lucky to work enough hours to qualify for, I spent them browsing Twitter. I mean, not the whole time. During lunch, I'd usually do a little reading, whether on break or lunch, I'd usually be doing this. But like most of us these days, I would scroll on the toilet. And there were always notifications coming in. Replies, retweets, and likes. I would sit by the canteen window, my lunch on the bar, a book in my hand, my phone laid to one side, but within easy reach, like an iPad. Every now and then it would vibrate. And because I was a trans woman on Twitter, the replies I got were often every bit as vicious, as vituperative, as vile as the abuse I was I'm not saying getting abused on Twitter is the exclusive purview of us trannies, obviously. You get the same kind of crap if you're black, or brown, or gay, or a woman, or espouse left-wing views. Regular readers will be aware I tick three of those boxes, too, though it's by no means an exhaustive list. In a society which is systemically racist, sexist, misogynist, and riddled with neoliberalism, it would be a miracle if Twitter didn't replicate those dynamics. What's different is the speed. Just like the queues on the call centre phones, the Twitter queue was never-ending. The clever bit was, in amongst the tides of shit, there would be flecks of gold, genuinely valuable replies, an incisive quote tweet, a disc that was at least original and well-constructed, rather than just some genitally-obsessed weirdo yelling, PENIS! As always, a steady stream of likes tweets from good comrades. Appreciation. Look, odds are you don't need me for this. My chance is on my side. Totally totally Lawyers also that told me I was a valued member of SEC. me as a person, they just needed me to fill a chair. Twitter. Real people. Actual humans were tapping a digital heart and telling me they liked the things I said. They showed things that I said to their friends. They got in touch and said I made them laugh. I got such feedback almost instantly. My employers could go on about how much they valued me. Twitter showed me I was loved. And that was almost worth the price they showed me for how much I was loved. Until one day, it wasn't. Slowly, imperceptibly, Twitter became more like work. Not just in the sense of having to wade through more and more angry dickheads every day, but in the sense of constant, hostile surveillance. All social media is a surveillance operation to some extent, obviously. Shout out here to the fierce odd from the FBI who helped out with, but just as they rely on us to self-report by logging in and giving updates, and because the internet will always be shit under capitalism, Twitter decided to outsource the problem of moderating the gargantuan quantity of information passing through its site to its users too. Sure, they had an algorithm as well, but they seemed to have relied mainly on reports from users, which of course allowed turverts and their fascist incel chums to run mass reporting campaigns on anyone from groups they didn't like who was getting too popular. It's not lost on me that the alt I moved to after my main got nuked 
only started to experience problems when my retweets started getting into the thousands. Make no mistake, this shit is organised. We might even call it manipulation. But even before my alt got muted too, there was no escaping the fact that Twitter wasn't what it used to be, because people I liked and followed were dealing with bans too. And sure, they were coming back to Twitter, but you had to crack on finding them. And people who didn't want to do this dance were forced to watch what they said to avoid having accounts, which in some cases they depended on for their livelihood, taken down. And meanwhile, of course, the abuse directed at us never stopped. Sometimes we scored a victory, getting the penis goddera Helen Stanilland removed, or sending Graham Linehan home to cry into his carbonara, but for the most part, it seemed much harder to get a transphobe banned for actual abuse than to get a trans woman kicked off the platform for using the word prick. Suddenly, logging into Twitter was a lot like going to work in a neoliberal workplace. The zone of surveillance is that you can constantly self-monitor, policing your expression, and where you can't help but notice people whose faces fit another face down the feed, while you know you're being watched for the slightest deviations from the accepted behavioural norms. By the time they fired me, I wanted to. And sure, adjusting has been hard. But you do get withdrawal symptoms. How could you not? Your brain misses those constant little dopamine boosts. And even scrapping with perverts has its times of trouble, the adrenaline of conflict, not to mention the dopamine from people retweeting your disses. Suddenly, that's all cut off. Facebook is a shit messaging app. Be quick. Haste. Drum your fingers. You start playing Wordle again. You think about buying a burner phone, setting up a proton mail drive, and starting over. But why? Surely just get kicked off again. There are, however, benefits. I read a lot more now. And when I read, I read for longer, because my brain is growing less and less habituated to the need to be constantly checking my phone, which I sometimes leave in the other room when I go for a quick snack. Such social media as I remain on has a slower update pace, especially given that I tend to tweet my friends list elsewhere much more carefully than on Twitter. I can watch whole films without interrupting myself now. It's too early, I think, to say what it's done to my writing. There is a discipline you develop as a writer in having to fit your thoughts into as close to 280 characters as possible, especially if you issue text but on the other hand, I now find it much easier to lay out a longer argument and write from point to point, even in a Facebook status update. And the last two entries on this blog consist of texts from Facebook updates, which I thought would benefit from being find if I need to refer back to them. I hope that I'm playing the right side of prolixity. I don't know if I'm less angry. Sometimes I feel more rage for not having been out there. But overall, Importantly, although I miss the interactions of some individual tweeters, I don't miss Twitter itself, despite having been on it since it was first online, because Twitter is no longer the site that I joined in 2015. It hasn't been for quite some time.
watch if you want to. You can slap Spiegelman's behind. L-W-A-F-L-M-N-O-Y-T on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny. Produces the show, Thanks researches the on. movies, wrote the song you just heard. I was, I'm a guest writer. I'm a guest producer. About two seconds into the show, you're saying you're a guest on the show. <laughs> we are broadcasting right now on MutinyRadio.fm, as we do every Saturday from 6 to 8 Eastern Time. We also have a YouTube channel called LWAFLMOYT. You can check us out. We'll have the movie and the show at the same time. And get a podcast. By the acronym L W A F L M O I T. Subscribe. Find out what the movie is. We're going to watch a full nice movie on YouTube. Oh, man. We want you to watch it with us and listen to our podcast at the same time. Turn the, turn the movie off. The mute button off. Yeah, hit yeah, mute. Yeah. yeah, hit mute. So, uh, so you can find the podcast at L W A F L M O I T. We always want you to donate to our radio station here, mutinyradio.fm. You go to the website, you'll find a donate button. We are also on Patreon and on Venmo at Mutiny Radio. Probably my first cup of coffee today. What movie are we watching this week? Today we will watch Skullduggery, 1993. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine. Skullduggery. Of course, you know how to spell skull. It's one word, because it is one word. Skull, dug with two G's, E-R-Y. Skull, dug with two G's, E-R-Y, 1983. Skull buggery. No, don't confuse the audience. You can make that joke later. Duggery. Duggery. Like I dig the skull. And it's skull duggery, which is the channel we like is Bunny's Bark. Okay, sounds good. So we're looking for the 1983 movie called Skull Duggery. One word. Wonderful word. Go ahead. Type in Skull Duggery, 1983. It is, what's it called in Mother's Milk? Uh, Bunny's. Bark, which is Bunny's ferocious, bark. by the way. Yeah, Bunny's Bark is the channel we like. I don't know where that came from. What did the fox say? Wait, I don't know. I remember that. Okay, oh, so... Uh, yeah, I remember that song. Yeah. Uh, Bunny goes... <laughs> All right. Ooh, coffee's so good. This is really <sighs> like the first cup of this. Yeah, me too. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Woo! Here we are at, at five in the afternoon for me, live on Mutant. Radio. It's my first cup of coffee. coffee. Good morning, world. All right, so we want you to go ahead find the link. Our buddy's bark is hosting the movie Skull Duggery nineteen eighty three. Once you find it, click the link, hit pause, move the timer to zero zero zero. Carl not only did a guess, he also interviewed a comedian. I guess interviewed. 
we guest interviewed a guest guest and uh let's hear a little bit of this comedian and at the end the comedian is going to do our famous celebrity comedian countdown carl take it away ladies and gentlemen welcome back to celebrity comedian countdown this time with tom romeo welcome tom i appreciate that now tom you are new to comedy such a newbie to comedy how long have you been I started in September 2021, so very recent. Now, it used to be that you would come to my open mic at the Reserve Club, and you could count the open mics that you have done on one hand. We're past that point now, right? Yeah, I think we're at 36. 30, so you're still counting. You're still counting. Why, why wouldn't I? <laughs> because, I don't know, once you lose your virginity, right? You just, you know. So what's your number, Carl? What's your number? I, I, I would be I'm talking about open mics. You know the number I'm talking about. Oh, that number? Yeah, I did used to know that number. I did used to know that number. When I was in my 20s, I did. I did keep track of that number. Um, okay, so you have a real job, and you're just sort of launching into this comedy. What? As a hobby? Tell me what's getting you into this. So many things. I'm commuting from home to home. I have two hours a day. So there's a lot of extra time to do other things. And we just recently got Netflix like a couple of years ago. So I started watching all these comedy specials and the light came on, right? I, I saw, um, what's his name? John Mulaney. And at the end, it says, written and performed by John Mulaney. You know, um, the other one, all of them. And then you have your favorites, right? Bill Burr, Anthony Jeselnik. And at the end, it says, written and performed. And I'm like, they write this stuff down. It's not like they're just getting up and being funny. And then, because yeah, right. well, I'm a late bloomer, right? And, 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 and it takes me a while to put things together. Every time I get up there, even though I've practiced, I forget something that I was yeah. going to You just forget. Uh, but, you know, I'm hoping to improve upon that. So, you know, I'm having fun with it, though. Like the very first time I did it, I did it with Gina. That was my very first open mic. She did it at the Railroad Cafe. Johnny Hollywood was there. I think Chris Park was there. And they told me about the one in Lyndhurst, you know. And then my very second one was with Anthony Quinn at the... Um, the Lincoln. And then at some point, I think I met you at Dingo's, right? Right. And, you know, and you were very nice and helpful. I mean, you know, you told me about the economy of words, which I didn't understand until I mm -hmm. read about it, and then I understood, right? <laughs> Um, and then another guy that was really super helpful, even though he may not know it, is Johnny Franklin. Uh huh. You know John Franklin, right? I know, yeah. Uh huh. But not very, very well. But I know him out there, and we're acquainted. He's got a good act. He's actually a great history teacher, smart guy. But um, he turned me on to this book that I read, and when I read the book, I was like, "Oh shit, I'm doing this all wrong." <laughs> you know, it's like I'm just telling stories that I think are funny, and people don't get it. And I'm like, you know, and that's on me. And I wasn't actually structuring jokes, you know, with you know, I mean, there are many ways to structure a joke, but the yes, whole of course, there's got to be that surprise, right? Without, right, there's got to be a laugh trigger, and I'm just learning now what laugh triggers are, so mm -hmm. I don't know all about it, but I'm I'm learning, you know. Yes. So it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I'm having a lot of fun doing it. How can people find you on Facebook? 
So on Facebook, I, you know, I don't know what my actual handle is, right? Okay. There's a picture of this mug at Scotty's, so that's my picture. So just look up Tom Romeo. It's Tom Romeo, I think. I don't know if you know what a great stage name is, Tom Romeo, you know? Thomas Romeo, you said you get paid more if you're Thomas, you know? Yeah. That's a great stage name. Do you do Instagram? I'm on Instagram as well. I think it's Tom Romeo underscore Taz. Okay. I, I love the Tasmanian devil. Okay, now, Tom Romeo. Everybody at home, always to watch this movie at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. That means they must press play at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. And that's what you're here for. Why don't you go ahead, Tom Romeo, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. In three, two, one, go. Ooh, that was a terrific celebrity comedian countdown. Carl, as a guest, thank you for all your hard work. Yes. Oh, this sounds like fun music. Well, that's because this is the video copy. In media res. Ooh, a heroin scene. Yeah. Oh, a heroin with a bird? Right. In uh, the 70s, it was much more liberal with heroin. Okay, first we're greeted by a horrible song. Duggery. That makes no sense. This must be a Canadian production. We've had six Gordies on the credits. <laughs> this is definitely a Canadian production. It's shot in Toronto, uh, Canada, and they claim that it's Trottersville. I don't know why. Oh. The, the, the movie takes place in Trottersville, not Toronto. Wait, keep the playing this horrible song because I had to endure it four times. This is my fifth time watching yeah. this. You need to hear this crap, you This is like the Mission Impossible theme, right? What's in your head? Oh, it's awful. No, nothing like a good movie with a blue screen and this song. <laughs> it's like Thursday night, the day is over, I got pressure from work, I'm drifting off to sleep. In my head, it's going. It's not even an earworm. It's why I oughta Richter. Yeah, that's hilarious. I didn't know that. You oughta. I I really don't know. Directed this, but she also co-wrote it and co-produced it. Uh, A guy named Peter Whitman, who's a director and producer, known for this. Another film called Play Dead and Ellie in 1984. Together, they made this film. Now, well, here we are in the 1300s in me- medieval England. Not medieval Canada. No, medieval. Med. Medieval. Oh, med- medieval. Say medieval, and I think they're dumb, but <laughs> it really sounds like mid, doesn't it? Listen, I, as a medical doctor, I just. As a professional medical yeah, doctor. Yeah, a professional. I'm a mid-evil doctor. I go halfway. Okay, so they are sort of making a poison apple. And they're devil worshippers. You know, Beelzebub, Satan, you know, our familiar hmm. devil. 
and there's it's there's this puppet that somehow is connected to the devil, and they're giving thanks to it. Oh, thank you, Gonzo. 14th century Gonzo, we worship you. The Muppet Show was really kind of had Punch and Judy back then. Uh -huh. you know, in the 1400s, uh, 1500s, uh, Punch and Judy was the Muppet Show. Well, this is obviously the female one, so I guess we're going to have punch throughout. Does the puppet punch? It's saltive? No, it's never. It's inanimate. It's inanimate. It, it influences. Puppets do. Yeah. You go to a puppet show and you're like, stop reading my mind. There it is. There's uh -oh. Punch. And they're Supreme giving Goblin. Thanks for the amount of money. You drive and you're like stuck with the Green Goblin. God. That's a very specific thank you. I don't know that the devil will know what you're talking about. Okay. Well, he will. Well, yeah, because he's connected to your brain, right? He'll. He's immortal. He's eventually going to get to the Green Goblin. He goes, I bet you might. He's immortal, yeah. Yeah. But we're in the 21st century, but okay. What? I'm saying Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive came out in the 20th century. Okay, okay. And so did we're... this one, right? Yes. Okay, and we are now, just couple circle. He's talking to the king, and he's calling him Adam. That will be the name of our hero, okay? So he, Adam's like giving some scroll to some dude. Sorcerer guy comes in and just kills him. He gets reincarnated? No, and he gives him this choice to. Okay, apparently, the reason that he's the king, he, look, he picks a tarot card and he gets death. Right, he's like, don't tell me. Now, is this your card? Yeah, right. <laughs> now, gave the king his power that he gets his soul, but for some reason the king betrayed him, so now they're going to make him pick between two apples. One is poison. One is good apple. Yeah. Because he's Adam, and there was a Garden of Eden with an apple tree. No, you're right about that, and that'll be throughout the film. Carl, did you like this movie? Okay, one of them is a Red Delicious, but one of them is a Granny Smith. That's the poison one. Chris, my ass. So he puts him on the tray, and there's two of them, and they're side by side facing him. So he goes to pick the one in the front, and then he goes, ha ha! Oh no. Right, you don't fool me! And he picks the one in the back and dies. You think our friend Keith Smith makes a lot of money off of Granny Smith? No, he's, there's no relationship. Right. Did himself have a grandmother somewhere? That's what. Okay, he's dead. Okay, well, thank you guys for watching. Let's watch a bowling movie on YouTube. Now, what he says is, my headband. Your husband head. agreed to give me his soul. He betrayed me. Therefore, I curse your lineage, all your children, and I take the soul of your firstborn son. But then, like, kind of kills the mom. So how can she have a son? There, it doesn't make sense. But there is a lineage, right? We are going to see the next generation. Yes, we are going to meet Adam. And Adam is cursed, even though he doesn't know it. It'll The curse will start taking effect. It's going to start ahead. off in modern-day modern Canada. Rock We're at Tim Hortons. Yes. Yeah. 
that Tim Horton. I didn't realize that was cursed. Well, he oh, here we go. Trotter's realizes. Bill. Okay, Trottle look. Bill. Now, you see how it says 1982? Yeah. Okay, this was shot in 1979. That's what we're seeing right now, 1979. And it was released in 83. So 82 is kind of 